Today on the PDX Pet Connection podcast, I have Mandy Blackwelder of Healing Arts Animal Care. Stay tuned to hear about the variety of services they offer to rehabilitate your pet and help them live their best life. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast. If you are a Portland pet parent, then you have come to the right place. This podcast connects you to Portland-based pet businesses, services, and nonprofits. You get to hear their story and what they're doing in the Portland pet community. If you love this podcast and want to connect to other pet parents in the Portland area, head on over to our Facebook group and join in on the fun. And now, your host, dog photographer, donut connoisseur, whiskey lover, and Sherlock fan, Kim Hoshel. Welcome to the PDX Pet Connection podcast. On today's episode, I have Dr. Mandy Blackwater of Healing Arts Animal Care. Hi, Dr. Mandy. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us. So could you you tell um, the listeners a little bit about what Healing Arts Animal Care is? So we are a rehabilitation-only veterinary clinic. So our job is to either bring a pet back from surgery or injury or to work on the longevity of an elderly pet um, or a pet with a long-term handicap. So how did you come to doing just a rehabilitation only type practice? So my journey is actually a really funny one. I went to veterinary school to do uh, dairy cattle in the Midwest for the rest of my life. That was wow. Um, but I, when I was in veterinary school, um, I got training in acupuncture and, um, Rehab at that point, I'm dating myself here, uh, was was it was it was not a thing. It was kind of this brand new thing. Washington State University was kind of messing around with it a little bit. And so it was kind of in the back of my mind. I was in Colorado. Um, so went to Wisconsin, had my first year out, absolutely loved working in the dairy industry. Um, but the kind of good old boys club of uh, farm practice. Um, was all about working 24-7. And um, I laugh at that now because I kind of do now, but working <laughs> 24-7 and I knew someday I wanted a family and and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I very reluctantly started looking outside of dairy practice and wound up in a small animal practice in Grants Pass, Oregon. And um, at that point got certified uh, in acupuncture and um and uh, stayed at that job for a long time, um, kept eyeing rehab. I really wanted to get certified in rehab and finally just was so fed up with my job that I called up my parents and I was like, can I borrow some money? <laughs> um, and um, they helped me get certified in rehab. And, and it just culminates for me everything that I want appropriate health for animals to be. We get to look at the entire animal. We get to know that the neck bone is connected to the arm bone is connected to the foot bone. Um, and then, um, in the process of being at my old practice, I have a child with fragile X syndrome, which is similar to autism for shortness sake. Um, and, um, he has so many sensory issues and it really made me so aware of things I maybe was missing with the care that I was providing in 
general practice. And, and so that just pushed me a little bit further. And then uh, strangely enough, I was having my dog's teeth cleaned by Dr. Alice Sievers, who's up here now, but she was down here then. Um, and she's a veterinary dentist. And she said, well, you know, Carol's practice is just sitting empty. And I was like, who's Carol? And she says, Carol Helfer. She's been like part of rehab for years and years before rehab was a thing. And I said, oh my goodness, what happened to Carol? And why is it sitting empty? And she said, she passed away. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. And I never met her. And then I went on to say, so there's an empty rehab practice in Portland. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I that was a Saturday, drove up here on a Wednesday, put an offer into her brother on a Thursday and, uh, and then ran from there. So, um, and it has been, it is, I joke that it's my third child, you know, like I gained no weight with my first child. I gained 10 pounds with my second child and I gained 50 pounds with my third child. Right. Um, yeah, but, um, uh, it, it is, it's, it's, uh, it's my hobby and it's my job and it, it really is what, it was definitely what I was put here to do. So how long ago was that when you got the business? Um, so I started rehab as a side business down in the Rogue Valley in 2014 and then started up here in 2015, I think, 2015. So for those who don't know what pet rehab entails and what kind of um, therapies you offer, why don't we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So rehabilitation is sort of what people think of as physical therapy. And depending on what state you're in, you're allowed to call it that or not. Physical therapists are, as they should be, very um, grounded in hanging on to that phrase. And, and that's cool. Um, so rehabilitation, the idea is that we have dysfunction as far as mobility typically. Um, and we are going to make that better in some way. So, um, so we have underwater treadmill therapy, we have laser, what people call cold laser therapy. Uh, we do acupuncture, we have a massage therapist, we have a chiropractor that works out of our office. Um, we do, uh, physiotherapy, which is exercises. Um, and, um, a therapeutic ultrasound, electrostimulation. So lots and lots of kind of the things you think of as, you know, physical therapy for people. Mm -hmm. um, the difference being that A, there's not no pain, no gain. That is not appropriate. It's actually no, not appropriate in humans either, but, right. <laughs> um, but also that if we're going to ask a pet to do something for us, they have to be having an incredibly pleasant experience. And so it really combines with the concept of fear-free in that, you know, the dog gets to come here and it's a fun place to be. Um, so that when we say, hey, I really want you to step on this wiggly thing, um, that they're like, well, okay, um, since I like you and there's cheese, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Liz loves coming there. I mean, he runs in there with Whitney every yes. week. And yeah. yeah. Well, and we always say that our goal, and we used to say that our goal is that your dog drags you through the door during COVID. We say that the, the dog drags us through the door, but, right. um, you know, that really is our goal. And, and I'm happy to say that we achieve that with even really shy dogs. I mean, most of the time they are happy to come here. So, um, that's, that, that's, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know he's very excited. He gets to do the under, underwater trail. So he, he likes to go in there and and hang out with Whitney. So. Yep. Yep. And Whitney's amazing. She's, you know, she's, as you know, she's certified in, um, in, uh, massage therapy. And so, um, she adds a, a, an additional level to our care here, which is, um, so very nice to have. I knew that when I 
helped her get certified. I knew eventually that was going to mean that she leaves me because her own business becomes so full, but um, she's a treasure for sure. Yeah, she is. Um, So what kind of pets can benefit from rehab? Yeah. So um, kind of two categories. One is a dog that's recovering from something. So um, recovering from back surgery, um, recovering from a slip disc, and we weren't able to do surgery financially or age or whatever. Um, uh, Recovering from um, a torn cruciate surgery, recovering from um, uh, a soft tissue injury, like a shoulder injury or a groin injury. Um, so that's sort of, you know, kind of 50% of the gang is, um, is a recovery piece. And then kind of the other 50% is older animals, cats too, um, that we are, we're trying to give them the very best quality of life. Um, for as long as possible. So that includes, you know, our, our main focus obviously is mobility because it's physical therapy. Um, but um, we also, because we try to be as holistic as possible, we really focus on, you know, um, how is this dog's gut and is its microbiome okay? Because that affects their inflammation. Um, how is the dog's anxiety? A lot of older dogs get anxious about their mobility situation. Mm. Um, and can we help that? Um, you know, kind of, you know, approaching it from a whole dog perspective and not in a woo-woo way at all, but just in a, hey, Let's make sure that all of your points are firing the very best that they can fire regardless of your age. Um, And so we do, you know, we do a fair amount of sort of hospice-like care as well um, in that we, um, you know, we see patients often for years, um, you know, with very devoted owners that want to just keep going the very best that they can. And so we, you know, we walk them through to the very end um, and, and are very honored to be that trusted voice that says, you know, I I agree with you. I really think it's time. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so, yeah, we get really, you know, it's a different relationship than I got to have as a general practitioner and that, you know, we see these patients you know, week after week or every two weeks. And um, so we get to know the people we get to know, well, pre-COVID, we got to know their kids. We got to, you know, all those kinds of things, um, uh, which is important to me too, because, you know, I always say that information travels down the leash. You know, we always want our people to be comfortable with the information that they're getting um, so that they can be making decisions that sit right with them, um, regardless of, you know, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys give great feedback after appointments. You know, we we know that that firsthand. Yeah, <laughs> that we you know what what to hear from you guys. It really helps us make like like next decisions. Sure. Yeah, and we try. You know, we try to make sure that um, that you know one of our core values is that we meet people where they're at and we meet the pet where they're at. So if you are a freaky scared dog, you know, and, and it's our first visit, we're not going to be like, Hey, we're going to put you here. We're going to do an exam. It's like, Hey, let's do you like this crinkly ball? Do you like this squeaky ball? Do you want some cheese? Obviously with food sensitivities, we have to be careful, but, um, just to get it where they are approaching us or they are, you know, that's our goal. It doesn't happen every time, but, um, um, and, and, 
So, and then, you know, like right now we're trying to take lots of pictures for our owners um, so that they can see that their pet is comfortable in our care. I mean, I know my, because I'm a specialist, I don't, you know, my pets go somewhere else too. And I know what it's like to sit out in the parking lot and be like, what's happening in there? Why is this taking so long? What's going on? You know, um, and I know what's going on, but even I'm doing that. So we try to make sure we're maintaining that connection until we can all take off our stupid masks. Exactly. <laughs> At least until we wear our masks inside and, and inside, feel okay exactly. in the spaces. Yes, exactly. We're ready. And and for us, you know, we're with what we do, we're so close. We're, you know, mm-hmm. we're sitting, you know, two feet away from each other while you're touching your dog and I'm lasering your dog. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, we, we definitely have a uh, close contact around here. <laughs> yeah, that you do. So, um, like, how can people make an appointment with you? Do they need a referral or can, can they directly get to you? I have a referral. Um, like everything else in veterinary medicine right now, you know, it's a couple months out. Um, we, I added a second doctor just recently, so it's a little easier than it was. But, um, and, um, and yeah, if you feel that your animal needs, um, you know, needs us, we do not have to have your veterinarian involved. We are frequently referred to by veterinarians, but do not require a veterinary referral. Oh, that's Nor awesome. do most, I don't know any insurance that does either. So that's great. Although I will say just as a side note, um, insurance wise, if a pet is insured, you want to know what you know, specifically what riders you have. Mm -hmm. Some companies automatically cover it, but most of them you have to buy a specific rider for, they they either call it alternative therapies or additional therapies, you know, sometimes acupuncture, laser, you know, those kinds of things. Um, A lot of times are covered by a different, a different package that you tap onto your regular package. Yeah, exactly. You got to get the additional insurance for some of those things. Yep. So what can people expect from an appointment? Yeah. So, um, so in the beginning, we do our initial, um, consultations on zoom. Um, and we divide that first appointment is between a zoom appointment. And then we see you in the next, you know, several days, um, we see you for your in-person appointment. And I started that during COVID and, and I love it because when we're sitting and talking on zoom, face-to-face, your dog's in your lap. You can go get the pill bottle and show it to me. Like Mm -hmm. all of those things. It is so much easier to absorb information and digest that when you're not, you know, corralling the dog and we're trying to get treatment done and we're trying to get it all within an hour and, and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, even as things become better with COVID, I am keeping that because it is so, it creates this lovely connection. Um, and then when they come in for their initial exam, we can get a little bit of therapy in on that first visit too, rather than, you know, cause some dogs have really extensive history and it takes a long time and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, um, um, initial exam, you know, we go over what I'm finding on the dog, which, you know, can be similar and sometimes is completely different from what their regular veterinarian is seeing, but, you know, general practitioners and and I fell in this category too, are, are not, um, finely tuned to specific, uh, musculoskeletal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, you know, are just, that's kind of where their mind goes and they do great. And other ones, you know, it's like, Hey, their hips don't extend well. End of story. Right. 
Okay. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, there's only so much you can do as a general practitioner. Um, but, um, but I do definitely love when I have a practitioner that says, you know, the x-rays look good. And so you need to go see Dr. Mandy like yeah. that. You know, I appreciate a practitioner that's like, Hey, I'm, I'm out of my element here. Um, so anyway, um, and then we come up with a plan, um, as to what we need to do. Most of the time we do sort of a six week, you know, once a week for six weeks. Um, not that there's anything magical about six weeks, but in that six week time period, we kind of spend that first few weeks getting exercises going at home, you know, figuring out what's working and what's not working so that that second three weeks, we can kind of go up the hill. Mm -hmm. And then at the six week period, we can say, okay, you know, here's where we are. We're making no difference. We're making an awesome difference and we want to continue. We're making a a good difference and we want to try cutting down. We're making a good difference and let's try just laser and see how it goes. You know, like all of those possibilities are there. Um, And then after they've had their initial appointment, then they come in um, for um, for weekly therapy. Typically, it is with um, one of my unicorn technicians. They're all spectacular. I cannot say enough good things about my staff, um, and um, that have been you know the the program has been designed by us veterinarians um, and carried out by our technicians, um, and that would be you know it's a little different for every pet, right? Some mm-hmm. animals need therapeutic ultrasounds, therapeutic ultrasound, some do not. Um, some need electrical stimulation or acupuncture, some do not. So um, so we try to lay that out in the beginning and of course make corrective moves if we need to. Um, and um, uh, hopefully as things get more back to normal, we have everybody in the building, you know, and, and like the underwater treadmill is a blast. The client usually stands right at the front and the dog is going and sometimes they're throwing a ball and sometimes we're offering food and, um, and then exercises, um, exercises we do here in the clinic. And then we also have a third party software that you get a little portal for your pet that has videos and explanations and all this kind of stuff as to what exercises to be doing and how to be doing them. Um, and That's amazing. that has been huge, especially since COVID, like it used to be that we'd show them how to do it mm-hmm. while they were here. Um, and, um, and now, you know, it, we really rely on those a, a lot, um, for clients, you know, but we're not above taking our cones and our poles and things out into the parking lot to show owners how to do things <laughs> for sure. Um, just because it is, if you're looking at a video of a lab and you have a Frenchie, you know, how you do that exercise is, is probably going to be really different. So, mm-hmm. yep. So, but we try to, again, make it as easy as possible for the client to follow through in the way that's going to be most beneficial for the pet. Yeah. Cause it's not just the one appointment. It's like, you have to be doing things at home. Yeah. I mean, it's just like human PT, right? Like if mm-hmm. you only do it at PT, your success rate is not going to be as high as if you continue, you know, and we try to make it reasonable. You know, I always tell people like, I get that. I mean, you know, I have two kids, one of whom is handicapped and I run a business and, you know, I I joke a little bit that my dog better not ever rupture her cruciator. She's SOL. (laughs) The good news is that, um, that, you know, I have this amazing crew and I would just hand her over and be like, here you go guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get that, you know, not everyone is, you know, all about their dog every moment of the day, we all have lives. And so, um, we, we do ask right at the beginning, like what is reasonable for you at home so that we can 
taper how often we see you to try to make up or add to that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what is, we all know COVID has been a huge challenge for everybody, but um, what are some of the other challenges that you find running a pet rehab business? So, I mean, I think the biggest challenge, which, which I enjoy, um, um, but not everybody would, um, is really meeting the pet where they are. So, you know, there are, you know, there's the agility border collie that's super high energy and just had surgery. And what do you want me to do? You know, um, and those guys, you know, we have to lower our voices. We have to make it slow and easy so that they are not like, I'll jump over it. I'll do this. I'll do that. But yep. you know, <laughs> um, you know, we have to really match our energy to what we need. Um, and then you've got, you know, the little chihuahua that's just like, no, I can't, you know, um, those guys, you know, we really have to, you know, give them lots of like soft pressure and we have to, you know, convince them that first of all, you can take a treat from us. And second of all, when you take a treat from us, you could step up on this thing, you know? Um, so, and sometimes it really is just a matter of us educating the client properly so they can do it at home and they send us videos and, and those kinds of things. Um, uh, I think the trickiest is a big dog. That's just like, mm, no, <laughs> those guys are hard because it's not like, you know, and, and I'm not going to lift you up onto something and make you do it. That's not therapeutic. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, just the, the art of sort of creating that craft of, um, you know, what can we ask this dog to do? And the same thing with the people, you know, like if you have a little bitty dog and you're 70 and have bad knees, you know, getting down on the floor is not realistic. If you, um, you know, if you, live in the pearl and you walk your dog outside every day, that's a totally different therapeutic plan than somebody who lives in Scapoose and the dog runs on three acres. You know right. what I mean? So, you know, the, the brat, the gas and the brakes of what we're doing with things. Um, so I think that's, that's super challenging. Um, we are really fortunate in that what we do, um, clients are already seeking the very best of care. And so the people who come to see us are, you know, a number one, you know, the, the client that if you call the vet clinic and you say, Hey, I'm going to see Lucas today, they go, Oh, we love Lucas. You know, <laughs> um, you know, so, um, most of my clients are super compliant. So we're, that's for us that's, you know, I was in general practice for a long time. I know that's not everybody, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, um, but we're very lucky there. And then, um, um, the, I think the other challenge, which, um, again, I enjoy cause I enjoy communication, um, is just setting realistic expectations. <laughs> um, you know, in some dogs, you know, your border collie that was in great shape before they went to surgery and, you know, and now they're coming back, you know, those expectations are, are, are simple. Um, the, the hard ones are, you know, a dog that, say has degenerative myelopathy and we're expecting this dog to continue to decline, but we are slowing that with rehab. Um, but just, you know, being able to tap in with the owner and be like, yeah, it looks like this is happening and that's to be expected. Um, and, um, and, and along that same line, that same communication, you know, pre rehab being a thing in a lot of places, rehab isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, surgeons were, you know, six week of crate rest and then come see me. Um, and, um, and clients, it's sort of, I always tell people it's sort of like having a new baby at home where you're like, 
okay, he's doing this. Is he supposed to be doing this? Is this okay? Right. <laughs> you're you're questioning like, everything. Is this, is this the right way to bend that? Is it supposed to do that? Is he, is he supposed to be able to pee right now? He's walking on the tops of his feet. Is that okay? So like, that's one thing, like if I could like get my surgeons on board, I mean, most, most surgeons are getting there, but, um, but just with the idea that we will help with the nuances Mm-hmm. So that you don't have to worry about whether or not the client's going to do something stupid with the job. Right. You know, yes, there are people who just don't think, but a lot of times clients who take something a step further is because there's nobody to bounce it off of. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, um, and I think sometimes with surgeons, that's their reluctance to refer is that they're like, I don't want anybody to screw up my work and I can't blame them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, really what we do enhances what they did. We make them look good. Um, and we can also sound the alarm if something's not going right. You know, mm-hmm. this dog isn't where I would expect it to be at this point. You need to go recheck with your surgeon. Um, so it, it really helps the clients not be in the dark. Um, and, um, and so sometimes that's the challenge is sort of that triangulation of, you know, surgeon, regular veterinarian, us, you know, that type of thing. And, and I try really hard to never, um, you know, it, I, I always say, you know, it, it, we're team Rover, you know, we're, right. we're all part of the same team. We want to be sure everybody's very transparent. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and you would think it's like that we know that rehab works for people coming off of surgeries. And how much better they do than people who have surgery and then sit for six, six weeks. Yeah. It's like, so it would make sense that in dogs, it would do the same thing. Yeah. And I sitting in a crate for six weeks, isn't going to get the best result from surgery. Preach. I tell you. Yeah. I tell people all the time, if you went to a human surgeon and you had knee surgery and they said, go lay in your bed and only get up to go potty for the next six weeks, like that person would lose their license so fast. And obviously people are better at their own restrictions than dogs are. Um, but it's that same concept is that, you know, we're going to lose muscle mass. I mean, there's great papers to show that if we are using mobility appropriately post-op, whatever it is, whether it's mm-hmm. back surgery and you're still paralyzed or, you know, a, a cruciate or, or, you know, you took a, a chunk out of your elbow or whatever, um, that getting those joints and body movements happening early on is very important so that we maintain appropriate balance to the rest of the body. Um, you know, if your muscles have all wasted, then you're more likely to slip. You're more likely to fall. Like all of those things, it, 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 again, it's back to that whole situation. The dog is not just a TPLO or just an elbow surgery. Mm-hmm. It's the whole dog that we need yeah. to be sure we're taking care of. And it would be lovely if they did that in human medicine too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause I mean, even thinking about with like, but Lucas is deal- dealing with like, yeah, his back end is wasting, but thinking of caring for his sh- shoulders yeah, because exactly. now they're getting over overused. Exactly. So it's like, Oh yeah, you got to worry about, about that. So yep, exactly. You got it. And, and how dogs compensate is all different. So some dogs will lean way forward. Other dogs lean a little bit forward and then they pull their head back. So then their neck hurts, you know, all of those kinds of things are, you know, need to be monitored, um, to make sure the dog is wholly comfortable rather right. than, just, yep. Those legs are better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the rest of him all messed up. up. So. Yeah, right, right. 
And I, you know, I tell clients all the time, if you, you know, if you, most of us have sprained an ankle at some point, you know, you, you know, your ankle hurts or you have, even if you have a blister from a pair of shoes, right. You walk weird. So now the side of your knee hurts a little bit. So you compensate for that. So now the opposite hip hurts. So you compensate for that. So now the, the, your upper thorax hurts. So you compensate for that. So now the other side of your neck, it it just goes bing, 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 bing right up the body and dogs do that too. Yep. For sure. So do you have pets at home? I do. I have, um, I have two cats. I have Alfie, the badass cat. My husband says he was in Nam. Um, and he, uh, he is my commercial for regular dentistry because he had no outward signs where I could see of bad teeth. And I took him to my veterinarian for a routine dentistry and he had what are called resorptive lesions. His teeth on the insides had pretty much cavitated out. Um, and, um, he came home, he, he was our badass cat. And then he came home and he is now like, I love you guys. Yeah. Um, but he does have the dogs completely bamboozled. Um, I have another cat whose name is Poe. Um, he came to us from a rescue organization. Um, his previous owner read Edgar Allan Poe to him. And so he, um, his name is Poe. And he loves to sing the song of his people in the middle of the night. Um, I have a Staffordshire Bull Terrier named Lizzie. um, And she is, I never thought I'd be somebody that was like breed specific, but I freaking love that breed and um, waited a long, long time. And when I got her, it was just like the perfect kismet of how I got this dog. Um, and then we just recently added a dog. I'm going to do a little commercial here because I'm so excited. We just added a dog from Canine Companions for Independence um, for my son. Um, Canine Companions is a nonprofit organization that provides um, service animals to, um, they do hearing ear dogs, they do PTSD dogs, they do um, assistance dogs like my son, and then they do um, facility dogs. And I'm sure they do some others that I don't know, but the most amazing organization and, um, and the, the dog is free to the recipient. Wow. So, um, we waited for three years, it's normally two to get through the whole process, but COVID, um, and we just got her this summer. Her name is Florence and she's a two-year-old lab and she has changed our lives. She is utterly amazing what she can bring out in my son. Um, and his courage to go places and do things with her is, is amazing. So, anyway. oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, give them money. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know? Um, the only thing I wanted to comment on is cats. So cats, you know, we, you know, think about cats as like, well, you're not going to put them in the treadmill and the cats aren't going to do exercise. This is true. Most cats will not. Although we do have one dude that comes in, his name is Odin. Um, and he is clicker trained. So he does do exercises. He's amazing. Um, anyway, um, um, cats, we frequently see cats, um, for mobility issues, um, you know, back pain, hip pain, elbow pain. Um, But I I just want people to be aware that veterinarians truly believe that about 60% of cats with pain are never detected Mm -hmm. um, because cats sleep. It's what they do. Um, and so, you know, we, we just are like, well, he's sleeping, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so to be aware of that and that there are 
pain options available for our kitties. Um, we do a fair amount of acupuncture. We do a fair amount of laser on our kitties. Um, and, um, and most cats, uh, when it's done right, are not opposed to being stretched. Um, and so that helps as well. So, um, so we do do cats. And yes, we can put them in the underwater treadmill. Depends on the cat. Um, I have um, one little one right now that's going in there that is a rescue from Hazel House. Um, and, um, and she goes in there because she's got uh, neurologic issues in the back and, and it's really made a big difference for her. Um, and then I had another cat that was 28 pounds and we were going to do weight loss for him. Um, because I've done that several times in the past and he decided to scale me to get out of the treadmill. <laughs> so we didn't do that again, <laughs> but for the so, most part, kitties surprisingly do very well in the underwater treadmill. So, um, um, so cats are certainly an option as well. Um, and some of the cats that we see, we see strictly for acupuncture for other issues for GI mm -hmm. stuff or things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so thank much you. for joining me yeah. today. And I love, I love hearing more about your business, especially because right now I, I can just peer in the window and yeah. see, I'm so see what's going on. I'm so grateful <laughs> that we have the big windows in the treadmill room because clients can see what's happening. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's really hard to leave your animal at the door and not know what's happening inside. And, um, and you know, one of our biggest goals is always to you know, try to exude that trust so that people, you know, know that we have great fun with their animals. Yeah. You just have to be careful because, you know, Lucas, he decides that he wanted to turn right, like toward the window. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You have to keep walking straight, straight Lucas. <laughs> We joke a little bit when we tell clients, like, so I show them exactly the strategic place to stand on the porch where they can like dive behind the pillar. Yeah. Dog won't see them, but it is amazing. So I, I, a lot of times I'll tell people, you know, you need to lurk in the bushes, but don't let them see you, which, you know, I hate that. I can't wait till everybody comes back in, but, um, but we all have little kids at home. So yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, and you would not believe how many people will stand right at the window. And then when the dog sees them, dives out of the way. And it's like, that's not really skulking in the bushes. Yes. Yeah, we peered, we peered, peered around the corner and he, he was like, I'm yeah, going to over. I know. No. The tough part, right? Yeah. So the secret place is on right above the steps on the porch. You can see, but he can't see you very well. Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> so on Thursday, that's will be. Yep. That's a plan. All right. Thank you so much. You take care. Good day. All right. Bye. Bye. seeing cute photos of pets and connecting with other pet parents and businesses in Portland, let's continue the conversation in our Facebook group. I would love to hear about your pets, answer your questions, and get suggestions for what you want to hear on the podcast. I'll see you in the PDX Pet Connection Facebook group.